what it is! How's it going, everybody? Today, we're going to be talking about books that should be turned into movies. We're going to talk about some of our favorite literary works that we think should be turned into movies, TV shows, and who knows what else. So if you want to hear what we have to say, sit back, relax, grab a snack, grab a beverage, and listen on in to The First Ones to Die. Podcast. My name is Jonathan, and we hope you are having a great day, afternoon, morning, night. I am here with my lovely co-host Alex and Jerome. How are you both doing today, Alex? How you doing? I'm doing good. Um, I haven't been doing much. Trying to catch up on some reading. I've been watching the show Taskmaster, New Zealand. I've been binge oh, watching that. I've watched like, yeah, it's so, it's been all over my uh, FYP page for TikTok. So they caught me and they're funny. Sometimes I can't understand what they're saying, but I'm enjoying it all around. Uh, I, I tell people to go watch that because that's actually a pretty good show. And, you know, it's a reality show. So it's safe to talk about. And it's in a whole nother continent and country. Right. So, but it's really good. It's just been entertaining me a lot. It, other than that, it's been a pretty like chill week, and I'm very thankful for that. Sometimes you just need that like downtime in your life to just take take a step back from everything. So it's been good. What about you, Jerome? How you doing? I'm good. Been chilling, uh, watching some TV, getting work done. Um, main thing, I uh, am excited about the WGA. Uh, Finally striking a deal with the AMPTP. Striking um, a deal. Striking a deal. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, they've they've come to an agreement, which I think is good. Like reading the terms and stuff. Maybe we'll do a video on the YouTube channel explaining it uh, for those who don't know. Um, like all the parameters. But um, the main thing is that A, they get, they're getting better pay. There are going to be minimum people. Uh, in a writer's room, if there's a writer's room, that's the one thing they were very clear on. Where it's like, if the show, it's either all or nothing. If the show is written by one person, damn it, it's written by one person. <laughs> that's it. But if 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 you are gonna have a writer's room, you gotta have a minimum amount of people, depending on how many episodes you got. Um, they have uh uh more you know better benefits and best thing, uh, although it's still a developing topic. They're still figuring out the AI part, which like we talked about a couple weeks ago, makes sense. Like it's, it's no different. They're treating it no different than they would like CG or anything where it's like, this is the newest technology. We're not going to not use it. Um, but it's just about, you know, making sure it's not being abused and that sort of thing. So uh, they, they made some good lead headway with it. The biggest win, I think, is just that like uh, they made an agreement to not train AI to write things. Um, so you can use it, but they're not going to intentionally be giving it like programs or stuff like that to replace writers and train it on how to write scripts. Just it'll just be used to write scripts um, if they so choose and then they uh, and they won't be credited, but it won't be credited as the original writer. 
or, or whoever writer comes in to make revisions will be credited, which is good. Um, that's a good thing. So hopefully the SAG um, union will also get their chance uh, to make a, a solid deal with the AMPTP. Uh, also heard apparently like the VFX artists have finally like come together to make their union. So if you think the strikes are over, think again, because <laughs> I'm sure behind, like even if they make a deal with SAG and uh, now they have to deal with the WGA. I'm willing to bet unless they come to the table with a pretty solid agreement for the VFX artists out the jump after they make their union, they're going to go on strike pretty soon too. So, and they should because they've been getting abused for years. So it's, it's just, it's in the year of, of, of the, of the strike. The year of the unions. Mm. Yes. The year of the unions followed by the year and also slash the year of Taylor Swift. So <laughs> it's just been, uh, it's been you're a Beyonce, you should, you should actually say. Listen, I, I love me some Queen B too. But, uh, uh, no, I don't want to hear the second half of that. Concert, I don't want to hear the second movie, half of that. And I no, just didn't sell out no, the same way Taylor Swift sold uh, out, all right? No. Okay, are you, because I, I was looking at tickets six minutes after it went on sale, and I barely got a seat to that Beyonce ticket. You that barely Beyonce got a seat. Taylor Swift, like at, like three minutes after the announcement, the tickets didn't even go on sale. <laughs> like they fully go on sale yet. There were no seats to get. We all know why the reason that she, is. She's anyway. Staffing, she's also stocking up the all the Chief games now. A lot of people are going to Chief games. I don't want to talk about that PR stunt of a relationship. Listen, I'm just saying, anyway. Beyonce is amazing, all right? No one can take that away from her. She is a queen in her own right. She has earned all her flowers, accolades, praises, everything. I'm just saying, we can't act like Taylor Swift ain't also in that same, like, uh, like neck and neck now. It's weird because Taylor Swift used to be below. Now she's right there with her at the same part. It's like they got two I, separate kingdoms going on at the I, same time. I heard somebody, wh why are we comparing these people? Because they are completely different. These people, but yet have the same amount of fanfare. There are people who will kill for Taylor Swift. The Swifties are out here. <laughs> yeah, like I said, the Swifties are more crazy than the Beyonce fans. <laughs> it's because the Beyonce fans are getting old. <laughs> they, they don't have the energy you hear that? to do you call the stabbing and the shaking. No, <laughs> no, it's just we're getting older to the point where we're just like, I mean, I would kill for Beyonce, but I don't know. I, I got work in the morning and. You know, I'm tired. Like, like versus Taylor Swift, all her fans stay young because she keeps getting the kids, and the kids are just like, "I'm ready to stab someone right now." Who who needs the stabbing? Who needs to who needs to die? That's true. Young people do like stabbing. So you're saying they should have made swarm about Taylor Swift fans? <laughs> Maybe and she's got that over Taylor Swift. She doesn't have a fictional show that's based off of her fan base. I'm sure they could develop something. They probably, somebody's <laughs> probably working on something. You know how all those like fan fictions will get turned into movies? I'm sure there's something in the works. Some producers, some writers just scanning over through like fan fictions of Taylor Swift being like, what can I make into a movie? <laughs> so disturbing. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, hey, good for Beyonce though. I think it's, uh, it's cool that she's got, um, her concert movie coming out. And then also, uh, I mean, I liked Renaissance. So, 
uh, I'm excited for the next because she says it's supposed to be a trilogy of albums. So I'm excited for the next one to come out. But until then, um, I'm glad that it's it is getting some fanfare because I know it's a huge, a relatively huge shift for her musically. Like, you know, the house music vibe is uh, one that's hard to sell to people right now because the ho- that, that, that's more of a 90s thing, like the R&B house mix. Um, not many people can pull it off. And Beyonce is doing a pretty decent job of like trying to bring it back and, and make it make it a sound again. So more power to her. I mean, if, you, if the weekend can make the 80s synthesizer pop sound work for him, <laughs> she can make the house like the 90s. The, the 2000s R&B house vibe work for her, I'm sure. Yeah. I feel like 2000s music is coming back to that vibe. Oh, yeah. Everything about the 2000s. Well, the best versions of it, not the, not the trash. Some of the trash, too. <laughs> I just hope trashy reality TV... To, I kind of want trashy reality TV to come back, but I don't at the same time. I think I'm just... Listen... I watched a whole video doing a breakdown of the entire Jersey Shore show. All like of it. the entire every series? Season, every episode, yes. And I'm not going to lie, I didn't realize how popular, I knew the show was popular, but it's like when you got 8.6 million people watching your episodes every week, I didn't know it was that popular. That's insane. I was one of them. I'm not even going to pretend. <laughs> I was watching Jersey Shore all the time. <laughs> it's it's weirdly addictive. You just can't. And then mm-hmm. they try to like re- recreate it. You know the Florida Florida Jersey Shore. Oh, they did like multiple Florida Bama yeah. Shore. Shore. They did it, Jordy Shore uh, in the UK. Jordy Shore. Yeah, they've done. A I don't bunch remember of that Shore one. Shows. I know the Florida one, did. I was like, this is stupid. They're not that interesting. Can't replicate. You know that. And now well, they have can, like the. Now they have like the family reunion, like spinoff shows and stuff. Yeah, because if you think it's crazy, they're all like a good chunk of them are married or have some or have kids or have these like actual careers now outside of the Jersey Shore. Or went to jail. Yeah, Yeah. see, they have they have the Jordy Shore. They've got the uh, a show called The Valleys, which is supposed to be kind of like it. Uh, Gandia Shore, Warsaw Shore, where is Gandia Shore? Shore. I uh, Spain, Spain, Gandia. Uh, yeah, Acapulco Super Shore, which was uh, in Europe, Mediterranean Europe, Florabama Shore, Rio Shore, Germany Shore. uh, They didn't even try with that one, Germany Shore. Does Germany even have a shore? <laughs> I don't is know. Is Germany by the water? It's true. It, it is landlocked. <laughs> well, so is Alabama. It doesn't touch any oceans, does it? Uh, no, Alabama doesn't. But that's why they say Florabama shore. Because, you know, I think they're from Alabama, but they're, they're going to Florida, maybe. <laughs> yeah, it was set in Florida. Yeah. Yeah, oh, then that's the one I remember. I don't remember. That's stupid. I don't need them to bring back more of the Jersey Shores. Mm-hmm. The most recent one was in June 29th, 2022 with All Star Shore, which also takes place in Spain, uh, in Gran Canaria or Canaria. So I don't know geography well, well enough to know where any of those places most, are. Rio, I know where Rio is. Made by, 
they may have been up by like other subsidiaries of MTV. So most of these were made by MTV UK, MTV Spain, MTV Poland, MTV Latin America, and MTV Brazil. The, the only two that have been made by MTV like proper was Floribama Shore and Buckhead Shore. Those were the two. And that's because those two were in America. <laughs> so that's well, um, so bad. So the short runs deep. So so disapproving. Just that's all I can think of my head to disapprove. Speaking of of reality TV, um, I have been uh, enjoying all of the fall TV options that have uh, been premiering this past week because everything has been coming back. So um, it's kind of been overwhelming, actually, which is a good problem to have because like. I've had to watch, I have to wait to watch things and watch things later because there's so much coming out. Um, the Amazing Race, Survivor, and the great thing about this season of The Amazing Race and Survivor is that they're going to be 90 minute episodes throughout the whole season. So um, that's going to be amazing. So three hours of Survivor and Amazing Race every week. Uh, we got Big Brother still going on, which, you know, it's gotten. It's gotten to a low point. But is the guy from TikTok it? out or no? Which guy? The Native American guy. Is he in there? Or was he in the... Native American. Okay. There was a Native American. He was a TikToker. I forget his name. On this season of Big Brother? It might have been the Canada Big Brother. I genuinely mm. forgot his name. <laughs> all right, I gotta look that up. <laughs> okay. Forget it then. <laughs> He's um, a dick. That's there, all. <laughs> <laughs> there is uh, what else premiered? Um, yeah, a whole bunch. Oh, Golden Bachelor, Bachelor in Paradise. Uh, those both premiered. I think it's so funny. Golden Bachelor is what just like is it's the Bachelor, but old people. <laughs> it, it got good. It got good ratings. Which are not that right? old, but you know what I mean. <laughs> it, it is got there good all that is? Is that they're they're older? Yes, it's Bachelor, but uh, it's uh, the batch. It's the same Bachelor, but the Bachelor he's seventy one, and all the contestants are sixty plus. Yeah, so he's seventy one. I don't think I saw the Bachelor. I saw the women. I was like, the women don't look that old, so I could yeah, the, the Golden the whole, Bachelor meds. Yeah, the whole like kind of theme. It's it's definitely a. A, a different take that on the bachelor franchise because they're trying to make it a little more uplifting. Um, they're trying to make it a little more positive and like less drama than the regular bachelor is. And it's so far it's been really good. And um, they've like really tried to flip. They're, they're trying to flip the narrative on its head. Like this is what 60 looks like. This is what 70 looks like. And it's not like, you know, we, Growing up, we had the Golden Girls, and that's what our representation of what mm-hmm. sixty looks like. But but now they're actually kind of like flipping that on its head. The Golden Girls I mean, were true. in their thirties and forties. Yeah, they yeah, weren't but, that old. But people, you know, it's like that's their the role they're playing on TV is that they're older than that. So then yeah. that's what people assume is like. Because they got white hair. No, no, no. Like in the show, they were supposed to be like in their 40s around that age. Uh, the tallest one was supposed to be just in her 40s, like 45 or something. Hmm. 
they were not in their 60s because they still they were not hitting retirement age at all i learned that recently and i was like really Betty white's character seemed like she was like hanging around the 50s or they made her seem that way they were all supposed to be like 20 years younger than what we perceive them to be <laughs> But I, yeah, sixty right now is uh, like people are doing stuff at sixty, man. Yeah, working out, they're getting, they're they're uh, looking good. Heck, there's some people in their fifties and sixties look better than people in their twenties and thirties. So, granted, they paid for a lot of surgery to look that way, but still, <laughs> it's true. It doesn't change the facts. Yeah, yeah. So I've been I've been enjoying that, and then uh, this Saturday, no, this. Sorry, this Sunday, um, this upcoming Sunday, uh, Big Brother UK comes back after being off the air for almost five years, I think. So I'm really excited about that. Uh, yeah. I'm really well, why was it that. gone for so long? Because for a second, I was like, was so it, the pandemic wasn't that long, was it? No. <laughs> Feels like it, right? But no, uh, it just got canceled um, in 2018. That was like the last season. And then pandemic just so happened. But before that, I remember they were saying like, oh, it's going to come back. It's going to come back. But I think pandemic kind of halted that. And so now it's officially going to be back. Um, and then on this, is my kind of last uh, update, but on Saturday, um, I went to a show in L.A., called Angel of Light. Um, and it was a walk-through horror maze experience slash play slash social interactive thing. It was really cool. It was at, it was downtown. Um, so that's already a scary element, downtown after 9 p.m. or 8 p.m. Uh, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> it's at this historic uh, downtown L.A. theater. And the theater on the inside is it was gorgeous. It was beautiful. Like you couldn't tell where the maze began and where the actual theater ended or where the maze ended and where the actual theater began because it was just so seamless and they blended in like all of the elements of the, um, like the walkthrough experience and the play into the actual structure of the theater. Um, it was really cool. And I had a couple of friends who were uh, performing in it. So, um, it was it was really cool to see him and and the show in general, and it was scary okay. too. I got I got I got scared. I got got a couple times. So <laughs> I want to do oh, one of those, speak. but I also don't want to. I think I I think it's fun to do that stuff, but I also just get I'm very jumpy person. I blame all the horror films I do watch. Um, <laughs> but I would love to go through like a haunted thing again. I think it I think yeah. it'd be a good time. There was, was there say, oh no, no oh sorry oh I was just Go gonna ahead. say there was one part where we walked keep in mind they had also just given I didn't drink but they had also just like given they had a bar, area with the bar so people had like alcohol and drinks in their hands and then we had to walk through this like. I don't even know what it was. It was like two blow up things that were like completely like sealed together. And you had to walk through the middle and it was completely black. And we were walking for what felt like a minute. So you couldn't see, and you were like, just supposed to like go through this, 
this these two blow up things and it, that, that it, oh, it was cool but it was that, also very scary me and ari had a had a haunted house that was like that where it had these blow-ups and you just kind of just keep walking through and uh you don't you don't know what's on the other side you just keep going it's right like, it is a little like uh what's it called anxiety inducing to yeah. like, what is on the other side of this if i get on the yeah other i don't side? I, right. I, see that I don't like i'd rather somebody just pop out at me nope 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 <laughs> and it's like you don't know how long because it's pitch black you don't know how long i kept touching mm, my you friend to go through yeah yeah i kept accidentally <laughs> touching like my friend's head because i'm like i don't know where i am like i don't know how long that's how you be. end up in some portal of hell all right Think it's well, a fun little maze going through like tubes and then like nope. Never ends. When me and Ari did that and uh went to that haunted house that had that, she literally was like, I I I didn't need a belt that day because she was literally wrapped around me so tight. <laughs> <laughs> She's like she had her arms around like around my uh my waist holding on to me. And so Mary, literally I had to take small. She can get lost easily. I had to take like baby steps cuz she was like uh, cuz we couldn't see so we're just like trying to make it through and I, and I just like it was it was really interesting. I'd never seen that in a haunted house before. Of course on the other side was uh like a laser room. Like a big laser like you know oh, with the fog cool. and stuff and it was just lasers everywhere. But it was just it was a weird thing where I was like, this is kind of like, I hope there's nobody who's claustrophobic, which it did have a claustrophobia warning on it of like, hey, if you're claustrophobic, do not come in this haunted house because there's a section. And I was like, I wonder what section that is. And then we found it. I'm like, oh, it's this one because there's no way if you're claustrophobic, you will not get out of here. You're going to stay yeah. in this, in this thing. unless someone guides you, I guess. Nope. I'll do everything else. <laughs> I won't do that. Nope. It's not even claustrophobia. I <laughs> Well, maybe that is claustrophobia. I don't like the idea of being in an entire space like that. Okay, I suppose that could be claustrophobia. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was gonna say I uh, also I, I forgot to mention it last time we recorded, but uh, I went to the fair as well, the state fair. Uh, oh, how was that? It was good. I mean, it was rainy. You know, we went on the last weekend, so it rained like crazy. Um, oh, also. Hold on, I gotta grab it. Hold on one sec. <laughs> All right, Jerome's abandoned the podcast for. Uh, yeah, oh, now oh, so. came back quick. It was right there. Know, it was yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was just. Did you my, do one of those characters? Did you do one of those characters? Yeah, we had caricature artists. Oh my gosh! Ari, I, I knew it. I, have you? Yeah. Have y'all? Before you show it, have y'all seen the ones on TikTok? They do it in like Hawaii. They're in like Hawaii. It's, okay, I have to send it to you guys. I haven't you seen the Hawaii seen ones. But I've seen the ones where it's, <laughs> and some of them are just like, this is bad. Like this woman had like a smile and she had like a little gap right here. The man and they drew her big and like her date in her, the gap of her tooth. I was like, I think is- it's the same. I think it's the same one. I think, I, I think, yeah, because they are, they are ruthless. They really are. Yeah. Like, I'm like, I want to do one. And then this I'm like, no, for you. they'll find your insecurity. <laughs> They're like middle school kids. They'll so find your insecurity. Is, this is, this is Ari. Really? First you get Ari's one. Oh, she looks wow. Super that cute. is really good. Yeah, yeah. and there's me. <laughs> no. oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, he had a lot you of fun look, with you it. You look kind of Jamaican, like with the hat. And stuff. <laughs> I am glad that he didn't. Uh, that he did like my neck more so than like my nose and stuff. Which I always joke to with Ari too, where I'm like, I got a long neck. I got a giraffe neck. 
going on. <laughs> See, I don't so have the it was, I don't have any neck. But it was uh but it was a fun time. You know, we rode uh plenty of rides and stuff. Um I got to eat like I for the first time, there's a lot of deep fried things I haven't eaten despite my uh southern heritage. One of which being uh deep fried Oreos. Never had that. And so really? we had, had some deep fried Oreos. It wasn't that great to me. It's it didn't taste bad. It didn't taste bad. It's just a fact of like uh for me. Um, it just tasted like an Oreo with breading around it. That's pretty mm. much it. Like, yeah, it, it, I can see that. If there's not like an added element to it, like well, they, least, and then they had like chocolate fudge on it, so it, it uh, had that. So it had a little bit more chocolatey flavor. But past that, it's just it just was like a thicker Oreo. Really, you should do. It's not a fair thing. It's a Mexican thing. We have deep fried ice cream. So good. I was just about to say. I was about to say. Yeah, deep fried ice cream. That's try. The one that I've seen, and I, I, I know they do it everywhere, but it's in the south. Is deep fried butter, to which I'm like, that's also a Western thing. Just thinking about that, like I don't know. I've tried that once in my life. It takes ten years off of your life. You can feel it taking ten years off of your life. Because I had gone one with a friend and. They were more insistent to finish it. I took a couple bites and I'm like, I feel, I feel bad about myself after eating that. Like you genuinely, <laughs> you feel bad about yourself. I can already, I can already see my vision going blurry. Cause I like there, I've, I love a good sweet. I love a good dessert. Lately I've been trying to like, you know, not eat too many, too, too many sweets. Um, but like this is like a couple months ago, um, me and my manager went for ice cream, and it was a huge thing of ice cream. The rest of the day, my vision was like blurry, like <laughs> because of, because of like the sugar rush. And then it happened again, like last week, when I'm like, okay, I, I'm gonna treat myself to some cookies. So I got some cookies. I ate like a good amount of them. Bam! My vision was blurry again. It's like. <laughs> I try That's not to eat sh- like candy or like that kind of sweets in the house because I, I know what I'll do. I'll just eat it all. But now that it is October in my office, they keep bringing in candy. And so now there's candy everywhere. And everybody's like, you want a piece of candy? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I do. So by the end of the day, I'm like bouncing off the walls being like, all right, I think I need to go home. think I'm going <laughs> to see I'm shaking already. <laughs> a lot of sugar throughout the day. Yeah. I try not to bring it home, but during October, it's like the worst. I swear. Everybody has candy. Mm. Everybody has something. It's too much. <laughs> but yeah, so it was a fun time. It was a fun nice. time. I'm glad we got to do it. Uh, it was a special type thing too, because um, like uh, we almost missed it, but um, I ended up not working that day so we could go on that Saturday. And um, it's only special because that is uh, the fair will forever be special for our relationship because that was our first date was going to the state fair. So oh. that's uh, she really wanted to go because that, um, you know, relive some memories and stuff like that. So it was no, a good time. Disgustingly sweet. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh well i guess we'll we'll get into speaking of storybook moments yeah uh, let's, I mean, let's, we had we had a we had a nice that was a good like little catch-up because it's been a couple weeks uh mm-hmm. since we've reunited uh, 
But speaking, what did you say? Speaking of what? Storybook moments. Speaking of storybook moments, there we go. Uh, <laughs> the topic of today's episode is books that should be movies. So we're going to be talking all our favorite books that have not yet been turned into a piece of media. Um, or maybe they have been turned into a piece of media. Just not and, good. Yeah, that. Or <laughs> so aggressive. They're not good. <laughs> I have one in particular. You have, I, like, I was about to say, you have one in mind. He's ready. He's got it. He's got it. Um, or maybe, maybe something's been turned into a TV show that you thought would have been better suited as a movie, or it was better suited, or it, it was a movie better suited as a TV show, stuff like that. Um, so who wants to go for it? Jerome, it sounded like you had something on there. Yeah, so, you had something personal you know? going on there. So yes. I, I have uh, a story. Um, one of my favorite books I read when I was a kid, mainly because I, I watched the movie first and then found the book and was like, oh man, I want to read the book, is uh, Jumper. I don't know if either of you know that that story. Or the, or the I movie. know the movie. The movie stars Hayden Christensen, Samuel L. Jackson. Um, it is uh, a movie in which uh, Hayden Christensen plays, um, uh, I forget his first name, damn it, but uh, something Rice, who's uh, his, he has the, he's the superpower to teleport. And then you find out that Sam Jackson's character is like uh, working for an organization that hunt, hunts down people who can teleport. And they're called Jumpers. And it's like an action adventure um, movie. David Rice, that was the main character's name. In the book, it is nothing like that. In fact, there's no organization that hunts down uh, people who could teleport because in the book, it, there's implications that David's the only one who could teleport. But it's a slice of life type book. It's, it's almost like a teen drama, if anything, um, in which David, uh, who he lives in a, a bit of an abusive household with his uh, alcoholic father. Once he finds out he can teleport, um, you know, the things they kept in the movie, of course, is that, you know, as a kid, first thing he thinks to do is to rob a bank, <laughs> become rich. Which, honestly, yada, yada. same. Right. But he makes the mistakes that, um, that a kid would also make, too. Like, there's a point where he almost gets sexually assaulted by a trucker. Like, cause he's, he's, he's running away. He doesn't know anything about the world. He just trusts this guy. There's another point where he uh, meets a girl and, um, they like, he, uh, that is like a childhood friend of his. And at first he's like excited and they're about to, uh, have sex together. But then he, he's a kid. He hasn't had sex before and he gets nervous and he runs. Like, it's all these great moments that are, that really play into this idea of what happens if a teenager had the ability to be, a super like had a superpower and then later it kind of gets crazy because then like that actually like the first half of the book is just a slice of life kind of story the second half is when he finally decides uh because there's a whole thing with his mom who uh left when he was younger uh where he decide like his mom gets killed i won't spoil how and then david decides uh all right time to start implementing some justice <laughs> <laughs> to become a superhero. And there's a second book too that is like a continuation. And then the third book is about a completely different person. Uh, this guy named Griffin, who was also in the movie, but a slightly different character, um, who's also a jumper as well. So 
Like, I feel like you could make Jumper into, first of all, redo the movie if you want and make it like an actual good movie or make it a TV show. Teen dramas are in right now and people love them. So I think Although you could end up with something like Riverdale. So yeah. Well, as long as you don't let the CW make it, it'll be fine. (laughs) (laughs) Let the CW touch things. (laughs) But it's like I think it, I think it's still I think that story that book has potential. I think it still has potential. I think they didn't need to turn it into like a like sci-fi action movie to make it sellable. I think it can be sellable uh, as is. So that's my pitch <laughs> for a book that should be redeemed rather as a movie. Yeah, because I, I recall in the movie they just skipped over his whole teenhood and he was straight into adulthood. Hmm. I remember that. Uh, it was not a good movie. I remember <laughs> it's not a good pieces. movie. No, <laughs> it's not a good movie. And cool effects. I love the effects in the movie. I think, and I think Sam Jackson and Hayden Christensen actually are good together, which is actually funny because it's a Star Wars reunion too. Because <laughs> both of them were in Star Wars together, <laughs> so I'm sure they were just like, "Hey, Hayden, what's going on?" <laughs> I wouldn't know. Um, on that vein, I mean, the book John Dies at the End got a movie. It was decent enough, but it tried to squish, squish like two to three of the books because it's a series. So it tried to squish like two to three of the books into one movie. Uh, it ended not great and really off of what they were trying to actually write in the books, which the books I love because they're hyper meta. They're really, really meta. And they're more fuck-ups than the movie led you to believe. Like, even in the fourth book, they're still kind of like, yeah, we don't we don't know what we're doing still. We're kind of flinging this, and there's a lot of twists and turns. I feel like John dies at the end, and the series of those books would be so much better if they could redo it and actually follow the book a little more mm-hmm. closely. Or make it even into a show, because one of those shows that are just... It could just be, honestly, an Amazon Prime show. Because their shows are weird now. I don't know what they're doing. <laughs> Amazon Prime, I don't know what's yeah, going they, on. But they, I feel like anytime I hear about an Amazon Prime show, it's either like a... Uh, no, actually... Yeah. It's it, Amazon Prime shows premise. are random. Yeah. they. Yeah. Ran- you know what you're getting with Netflix shows, I feel like. You, you usually know what you're getting with Netflix shows. Amazon Prime, those are like a, a well, very hit and miss. You know what it is? It's because Amazon Prime, I think, is the ones who get the leftovers, but they get the most creative leftovers. Like Netflix stays pretty safe; they're in pocket. Hulu is the same thing, but that's because Hulu has FX Hulu, on their back, and so Hulu, Hulu can get some like really good prime time shows. Like Hulu, Hulu really actually serious drama. It's just drama. Yeah. Hulu yeah. does a lot of, uh, especially for their TV shows, they do a lot of book adaptations. Yeah, well. they, Hulu gets like some really serious dramas. Uh, but Amazon Prime, they get what's left. And what's left is like the stuff that a, I guess A24 doesn't want. Because <laughs> that's, that's what seems like. They get the weirdest shows, the weirdest stuff. But it's always stuff that I'm like, but this is creative. This is something I would never see anywhere else. So I, I applaud them for actually getting like those shows. And then the ones they do have that are popular, it's always just that they're extremely violent, super sexual, 
and unapologetic about both, about being both. <laughs> I mean, what is it? Yellow Jackets isn't sexual or violent, although they do eat people on that show. Well, they, uh, technically, they that ate show is. They ate that one show person. is for Showtime, though. Technically, it's just like that's Amazon true. Prime adjacent, but that's a Showtime show. <laughs> well, either way, Amazon, I feel like Amazon Prime could handle that, or whoever's doing what over there could definitely handle a, a book series like How John Dies at the End. It's just a weird meta book that's even hard to explain sometimes, which is why I'm like Amazon Prime. Uh, but I think they re- need to redo that and give it... Because the, the fourth series came out and it says if you're if you're seeing this book you're in the wrong universe <laughs> which is just the titles are just meant to fuck with you too like this book is full of spiders and i forget the oh. third one now but they're all kind of like that where it's just like it's just basically messing with your perception of reality and who doesn't enjoy that in the show right uh for my one of my one of my suggestions. Uh, this was, I think, it was at the beginning of twenty twenty one. I think I read it. It was either twenty twenty or twenty twenty one. I I want to say it was twenty twenty one. Um, <laughs> sorry, I just gave Gibson a look because he, he's playing with the toy and made a noise. Um, but it's called This Close to Okay. Uh, it's a book by Lisa Cross Smith. And it is heart-wrenching. You might cry. You might laugh a little bit. Uh, Basically, the premise is um, there's this woman. She's in her 40s. She's a Black woman. She's a therapist. As she's driving home one night, she sees, and trigger warning, suicide, suicide. Yeah, trigger warning. Um, there is uh, this guy who's literally about to jump off the bridge. She sees this on her um, commute home. And so she, uh, you know, stops him. She's like, hey, come on, let's just, you know, she uh, takes him to her house and they like basically spend the weekend together. And it's basically just like their story of spending the weekend together. Um, there's a lot of secrets that come out both about her and about him. Um, and it's, it's really, it's, it's, it's really good. I really enjoyed it. And I think it should be become a movie. You know, what's funny. Um, well, not funny, but funny is that the book I wanted to suggest next also has a trigger warning of suicide to it. And it's actually a book you recommended to me, Jonathan. Uh, and I have it right here. The Midnight Library. Oh, yes. I got this in L.A. when we were visiting you because you had recommended to me and you made it sound so good. And it was good. Uh, Mm. It's about a character, you know, who commits suicide and they get sent to this library and they get to relive moments of their lives. Which I think that is such a cool idea to see your whole life through in this like giant library. And it's like, what moments would you revisit? Would you revisit the good times? Would you revisit the bad times? If you had the control to change something, but not like affect it because your life is lived. But if you had a chance to rewrite just a single moment to make yourself feel better, it makes you think about all those times you've like rethought about an argument in your head. You know, and you're like, oh, I should have said that. Would you choose like those moments to go back to and be like, 
I'm going to go say this to her now. Or would you like be like, oh, I'm going to go spend the last moments with like somebody I love. Being a petty right. person, I personally don't know. <laughs> it's like, like God, it's it's like if anybody's ever seen the circle when a player gets voted off because you know how they don't see each other in those pods in, in mm-hmm. the apartments. When a player gets voted off, they get to choose one person to uh, visit and like in person. And sometimes the person can either be like your enemy, like confront the person. Why did you send me home? Or it could be someone who are you who you were like really close friends with. And it's like, oh, I'm going to miss you. I hope you win. So it's kind of like that. It's kind of like that dichotomy. It's like, how would you, what, 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 mo- what moment would you choose? I would neither, neither go to neither of them. I would go to just a random one to make my enemy question. Was it really my enemy? And my friend's question, were they really my friend? Were they working with this person the entire time? <laughs> why is this person the one they visited? See, that's why I can't have a whole library of my past self. I would just use, I might just do something stupid like that. But I think that would be a really good movie to watch. Because it just brings out the questions of what would, what would you revisit if you passed away? Especially somebody who has committed suicide to somebody who has, you know, died of an accident, an illness or something like that. Because when you, tend to pass of like a chronic illness you you get a little more sentimental you know an accident i don't really know what like a thought process could be in that way but like yeah trying to relive happy moments to doing petty stuff to being like oh i want to know the truth about these events or if i remember them exactly how they were i think it's such a cool thing to dive into and that's how i was like it's funny not funny but the same trigger warning like right off the bat right <laughs> but both good both good books and good choices oh yeah 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 i think it'd be interesting also with I, the this close to okay to see one to see a stranger invite the person into ho- their home is it like that they were i almost feel like it's a kidnap situation but i'm assuming the person went willingly yes he did go willingly as far as i remember it's been a while since i read the book but as far as i remember he did go willingly yeah and and you as the reader don't know some of their secrets and stuff so it's it's like uncovering um you know they're uncovering secrets about each other and you're reading them as they're uncovering the secrets so it's a good book and for the midnight the midnight library that book was everywhere i think it's pretty popular so i i can see it like actually turning into a movie within the next few years i could see that yeah yeah. And it's, an, it's a British book as well. Yes, the Sunday Times London called it a digging, <laughs> an adept at digging into the human heart. Wow. I think this is a good book to try and Oh, easy. You good there, Trump? <laughs> good. I just, like, I. Uh, this book talk is making you tired. No, it's been a long Book week. talk. <laughs> <laughs> this book talk, yeah. Um, one, I was going to say that it's not necessarily one that like should be a movie because it already is turning into a movie, uh, <laughs> but it's leave the world behind. And I've talked about it multiple times on this podcast and I won't stop talking about it until the movie comes out. Hopefully the movie is not trash because then I would be embarrassed, but, um, <laughs> they just released the trailer. Wait, no, no. 
<laughs> Netflix just released the trailer and I'm excited. So that's all I'm going to say about that because we don't want to be talking about strict struck stuff. So, yeah. Uh, I have a pitch. It is the one that you may have to change the title, but um, I think it could be fun uh, and uh, very topical. Is uh, a there's a comic book created by Kelly Sue DeConnick and uh, I forget who the other woman helped her make it is uh, and Valentine or Valentine Delandro um, called Bitch Planet. The whole story is that it's interesting around- name. Yeah, I see it in the comic book stores all the time, and I'm like, do I want, is today the day I pick up Bitch Planet? <laughs> so it's sitting on my, on my bookshelf. But it's a story, it's a, it's a feminist comic book. And I say it that way because the whole idea around the comic, uh, when they put it together, was to have a bunch of women write and draw the stories. Um, but it's about uh, various women who commit crimes and are sent to a uh, prison that is off planet and the stories that come with that and stuff. Um, and it's kind of an anthology story or an anthology series, you know, different women write different uh, stories and stuff like that. So it's, it's a celebration of just different writers um, writing their own stories and stuff like that. And it's really cool. Um, the art's really good. Granted the art style changes all the time because it's different ladies drawing different stuff. Um, and there's been multiple books though. It has been popular. I don't know if it's like as popular as something like, let's say like saga or something like that, but it is, um, I think a staple in the comics world now. Um, they're not doing any more bitch planet stuff, but it's really cool. And I think it would make for a great TV series. Or if you did do a movie, like a great series of like, uh, everyone wants to make a universe, right? Make it a, make a, make a bitch planet universe. <laughs> Some movies. Um, that's just like a mixture of stories, almost like a uh, Sin City style, where when they did the, the Sin City movie, they took the multiple series, the multiple stories of the books. Uh, Cause there's tons of Sin City books. Um, and, bunch like three of them up into the movie so like three of the most popular ones into the movie so i think you could do the same thing uh with bitch planet where you maybe take a few of those stories scrunch them up and put them into a movie of some kind i feel like when you do that with movies it just it loses some of the flavor though because then you like try to scrunch them up into the and sometimes it can work and sometimes it just feels like well I understand where you put this in here, but then you left out this, which means they kind of made it less significant. You know what I mean? Where it was like, I wish you just had to add it the whole story. I wish you had just done the whole story instead. Mm. So what I feel yeah. when I watch those that's, movies. And, and that's, that's kind of where like the conversation between should this be a movie or should this be a TV show comes in? Because if, if something has more... I say if something has more than like three major beats, you know, if you like read a story or watch a movie or whatever in it and you have three main beats, then I think it should be a movie. But if it's a little more nuanced, maybe you have certain stages of life that the character is in or like uh, Seven Husbands of Evelyn uh, Hugo, where you have seven husbands. You could easily turn that into like a TV series, uh, which apparently I think that's turning into a movie. But you could turn that into a TV series because you have 
the structure to stretch it out. Well, it depends on how you how you do it. Because I look at like Scott Pilgrim, where that book is uh, seven parts, um, or the series is seven seven books, but it's a very clear through line. So there's a lot of easy stuff you can like pick and choose what needs to stay, what you can cut out, what sticks around, um, the things that uh, like are the staples. So I think it, it like, but uh, at the same time, it only has seven parts versus like they tried to do a show of why the last man, which is one of my favorite comics of all time. But even I, when I've thought about like what that show would look like, would be like that show is going to be very dense because there's a lot of plot points to start. Like while the story is simple, it's just trying to get one man from one point across country, but a lot happens <laughs> in between that in the series. And there's like tons of comics for that story. Uh, at least like uh, a whole compendium's worth of stories. And so I just feel like like something like that, where it's like that can't like you can't possibly try and turn that into a movie, which they didn't. But um, and it, they turned it into a show that didn't do so well, but <laughs> got canceled. But I just think like it, it like something like that has to be a show. And so if your story is like that, and not necessarily even just with comics, but also with like books or whatever too, if your book is that dense, uh, your novel or whatever, you cannot like make that work make that work as a movie or else it's going to either feel bloated or you're going to be missing things that made the book so great i think that's like what they do with like stephen king's books a lot of the books he has like with it had to be a two-parter because you could try mm. to squeeze that in because technically it could all be in one story but you kind of needed that split in between although they're making a third i've heard and i don't know why they need to do i don't know what it is about i just heard that they're doing it and i think it's stupid and hopefully it's one of the projects that gets struck down because of the writer strike and actor strike (laughs) you can only hope uh i would also like to see a movie uh, it's a book that came out not too long ago um but and i haven't read it yet but i want to but i love the the premise is interesting to me. Um, and I feel like it could be very topical is a book called yellow face. And it's about, uh, this woman who's friends with an Asian writer and, uh, they're both writers and, uh, it's a white woman and she's not good at doing her. Um, yeah, she's not a great writer, but her Asian writer friend is like, she's popular. She's got a lot of, uh, Uh, accolades under her belt and she dies and she leaves behind with her a manuscript which was her like her last book and she asks for her friend to publish it for her um instead but she she publishes it as her own well no she publishes it under a pseudonym that is an asian name because it's a very asian-centric story and then they're published and then the publishers and it's a book about the exploitation of colorism in uh media because like their publishers are like okay well we'll give you like a vaguely asian name so technically you're not lying like it's like you know uh, the writers use fake uh, like pseudonyms all the time so we'll give you one that's vaguely asian so that way people don't question it and stuff like that and it, it gets into like the that sort of thing and it's written by an asian writer um the the actual book um 
So it's it's like I think it would be an interesting book to see turned into a dramatic movie. I don't know if it would become like major. It'd probably be go to like a streaming service or something. But it's something that could be interesting for sure. Um, another book I want to, which has become very popular in the last like year or two, Mexican Gothic. Mexican Gothic. I was gonna say Celia Barrado Brooks. Yeah, she. Yeah, which. Did we read together? No, that was another No, one. but we've talked about I think no, we read the Hacienda. Yes. But it's it it was similar to it was kind of similar to Mexican Gothic. It was. But still both girly guys. I think one it'd be nice to see a Mexican story actually out there. But yeah, there's just so much behind it and it shows a lot of stories that involve Latin or Mexican people tend to be a bit like lower class or something. This was more higher class, you know, she's going to parties and cocktail parties and beautiful dresses and everything. It shows a different version of Latin people. And it would be nice to see that instead of, you know, here's always the underdog story. Getting real tired of that shit. Not that it's not inspiring and it's great to see. And of course, I love anytime there's Latin representation, but it would be nice to see more and you know different and being in a higher class than what they're always trying to portray us in media so mexican gothic is definitely something and she's an amazing writer i just got another book of hers uh jay gods of jade and stone and i haven't read it yet i bought it a while back <laughs> off uh, an app um oh let me actually call the app since we're talking about all these books this is not a <laughs> Sponsors. This is not a sponsor, but I love this app. Uh, Pango Books. They sell, you know, you can do secondhand books. People sell them personally off their shelves. You can sell books. And the person I bought that book for left me a cute little note that was like, you know, happy that this book has found a new home. So that made me fall in love with the app a little more. So not a sponsor, but I think if we're talking about books, definitely a great place to go to buy some. Okay, send me that because I well I'm of course I I've kind of stopped within recent months because I realized that I was like I took a kind of book hiatus and I did not want to keep purchasing books. Uh, but send me that because I've, I I I'd be interested to see what's on there and if I want to get rid of some of my own as well. Yeah, I've sold a couple books <laughs> through there. It's been really nice. I know. Again, not an ad. Just a discussion, <laughs> not being sponsored, but I've even sold a couple books on there. I know how I'm sounding and bought a couple books and they've just, they've been in great condition. And just the last one just had that really sweet note. So I'm just like, I'm going to give them a little plug because I've gotten, been really happy with them, but non-sponsorship uh, over. <laughs> uh, with Mexican Gothic, I remember seeing that um, Kelly Ripa and Mark Consuelos we're developing a TV show um, for for like Hulu or something, but that was in like Kelly Ripa. Yes, yeah, <laughs> I know. <laughs> I wasn't yeah, for that one. <laughs> um, but I don't know where that landed because that was in like 2020. Um, let's see, Mexican Gothic TV. <laughs> one of the the. Uh, the suggest one of the suggestions that comes up is Mexican Gothic trigger warnings. (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, what trigger warnings do they have? Well, <laughs> never mind. I know. Yeah. Yeah, nothing's. There's no. There's like, like violence. Information. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say there's no information on the development of the show. Back in 2020, Hulu announced that they purchased the rights to make Mexican Gothic into a show. There's been no development since then, so I'm not sure where they're at with that TV series. Makes sense. I think it would be do better as a movie than a TV show, although... I agree. They do it, if they do it as a TV show, I feel like it's going to... It's going to be yep, very dry. Go on. I'm going to take a call real quick. <laughs> Gonna take a call real quick. Sorry, I muted before I finished my statement. <laughs> you're, okay. you're fine. I think Brisky, which some shows when they when it should be like a movie, the shows end up being like really dry, and so because they just keep going because they're trying going. to stretch out stuff. Yeah, and this book isn't that thick. Mm-mm. Like recently, I don't want to say the name, but you all could probably guess it. There was a movie based off a singular chapter from Dracula when he was on the boat. And I was looking at the book because I have it. It's half this size and it's legitimately a chapter from a book that's already about this size. Have you seen those people on TikTok while Jerome's gone? That show <laughs> how they like crack the spines of the books while we're here? No, well, but I think I've heard about it. They'll just like go like this really hard. That's and unhinged. Just, that is horrible. Like, there's no reason to damage your book spine like that, Jerome. Yeah, because you don't read you don't read too many of these type of books, but you read a lot of comic books. Do you break the spine of your comic books? Like, like bend it back to like snap the spine or whatever. Can, yeah, or can you? Do you can do you break comic book spines? Well, I yeah, guess if they're yeah. like big enough. Do you do that? Do you break them or do you like, are you no, careful? I just with read the spine? them as is. And then if they like break on their own, that's like what it's like, whatever. But I don't intentionally like bend back the bindings of the books. I was mentioning, I like to keep my books of- looking as yeah. like nice as possible. Mm-hmm. I mentioned how I saw some people on TikTok, book TikTok, that just will grab their books and just like split them open. And they'll have this like big. Li- I was like, "Why would you do that to your book? That's damage. <laughs> You're damaging the book. It hurts me. I'm not like cuddling a book now. It's like it's okay. <laughs> I won't break your spine." Do do y'all like hardcovers or uh, soft covers? See, I like the hardcovers, but or paper they, paperback, I should say. Yeah, paperback. It it makes it harder to. Like keep pristine, you know. I mean, especially if you got like the the paperback like cover, because you you want to like keep it like pristine and fresh. But then like what like if it gets ripped, it's like oh no, my book is ruined because this came with the book. It only can. (laughs) Oh, you're talking about the dust jacket. Yeah, well, like because like I like taking off the dust jacket if I'm carrying this book somewhere because like this is definitely it'll get ruined. Yeah, but I like like, I. Cause I love the human target, like dust jacket I have. And then like the book itself is like really cool. Like it's our, it's also pretty cool too. It's the justice league international, um, 
classic comic. Oh, that was cool. Uh, but still, it's like, but I, I want to show off, though. I want to show off the human target, like, dust jacket at the same time. Like, when I'm out and about. But I don't carry it with me because I'm like, I want to keep this as pristine as possible at all times. Yeah. See, with me is I know being in my backpack, the dust cover will get messed up because it will slide and my the shit I have in there will ruin it. So I take it off. But then I do end up getting the cover of the book dirty. Which is kind of yeah, the same. Um, my like cover. Right. My like fingerprints and stuff, you'll see the like, fingerprints on the book when I take off the dust jacket. You'll see because mm-hmm. like I say ninety three to ninety-five percent of the books I have are hardcovers. That's partially thanks to Book of the Month, which they only have hardcovers and they sell the books cheap. That's true. Yeah. So, I mean, I, yes. like, I like the hardcover. Like the paperback is is nice for like when you're reading on the bus, I guess, because you could fold it over if you really want or to. Or like on a plane or something. Yeah. But like the hardcover, though, is just it looks nicer. It's pristine. You know, the book will last longer. <laughs> you know, mm. and like, I like, I like the cover. Able- I, I yeah. like being able to, once you get to like the middle of the book, I like being able to like, it can open freely without you having to touch it and you could just like read it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. There is, yeah. it's so funny because you mentioned that, um, how your fingerprints get on them. I, uh, when, sometimes when I'm flipping through the books, like if you're not paying attention, you'll get like water or just some natural oils. You'll start rubbing the ink on here. And then get it on like the front pages. And I've had it where I don't know how, but I've gotten it on a white dust cover on a white uh, dust jacket. And I was like, what is that? What is that? And then I found out I had gotten a page or two wet from probably a water I was oh. drinking. And I was so upset because I'm like, I ruined the book inside and out. <laughs> Ink is everywhere. Uh, thinking of bu- of books, though, and also uh, you mentioned being meta earlier, I, a series that I would love to see. Granted, I don't think it's over yet, but I think the the artist, the writer is taking a break um, from the industry for a minute. But uh, there's a writer, Donnie Cates, who's a great writer. He's written some pretty cool stuff, mostly for Marvel because he's very co- he's contracted through Marvel, so he writes a lot of stuff for them. But he's also written some really great stories independently. Uh, one of which being uh, God Country, which is really cool. It's the story about, um, and these are comic books. Uh, it's the story about uh, this dude who is, uh, well, it's mainly about this old man who's get- suffering from Alzheimer's and dementia. And uh, his son is trying to take care of him along with his uh, wife and I think like six-year-old or seven-year-old daughter. And they're trying to take care of him and they live in Texas and a magic sword falls from the sky and uh, the grandfather finds it. And when he finds it, it's, uh, it turns out it's a sword called Valifax, who's the god, who is the sword of uh, Master of Blades. But also it gives him back his memories. It gives him back like all of his uh, sens- sensibilities and everything. And he's like an old school guy. He used to be like a fighter and like, as far as like, not in the sense of a professional fighter, but he used to get into a lot of fights and stuff. And, um, turns out the sword is from this ancient, like group of gods. And so, uh, they come down, they're like, Hey, we want the sword back. Can you please give us back the sword? And he's like, no, firstly, 
I don't, I'm not suffering from Alzheimer's anymore. <laughs> but secondly, like I'm a warrior. I don't just give up just because someone tells me to. And, uh, so he, and so he fights the gods with this sword and the sword talks to him and stuff. Cause the sword is also technically a person. And it's just, it's a, it's a really good book. It's really heartfelt too, with the Alzheimer's stuff and the family aspects and stuff like that. Uh, and that book's good, but the book that I would really love to see into a movie or TV show is what came after that, which was wow. Crossover. And Crossover is about wow. how some weird event happens where all of the characters from every comic book and every story appears in our world, the real world, and causes an explosion in a city and uh, of just like superheroes. And of course, them being superheroes, supervillains, they just start fighting. And causing chaos and madness. And so the world builds a dome around them to keep them from causing more destruction. And it's because it's called the crossover event, which is where the title comes from. And uh, the main character is this character named Ellipsis, uh, in reference to the actual like uh, literary usage. And she her parent like uh when the bubble the dome came down she got out but her parents didn't and so her parents are still trapped in there so she like so she's hoping uh in the where the portal is and all these superheroes supervillains and so and throughout the book um her the guy who is the uh head of her comic book um store that she works at and they find a girl who is one of the, I forget what they're called, um, but basically the comic book people and the comic to help differentiate who's who. Regular people are drawn regularly. People who come from the comic book world are drawn with like, you know, the old school like dots that are on old yeah. comic books. They're drawn in that mm -hmm. style with the old school dots over them so that you know they're a comic book character and they're like more, their coloring is more faded and stuff like old comic books used to be. And they find a little girl who belongs to the comic book world. And so they're like, this is our ticket to get into the dome, A, to help this little girl out, but also B, I can find my parents. And so they go on an adventure to go to the dome. Meanwhile, there's another kid who is uh, the son of a, a bigoted preacher who thinks these comic book people just deserve to be killed regardless of where they come from, if they're good, bad, whatever, because they've destroyed the world and he's using his, the faith to promote this. And so he goes and, uh, and so he, he charges his son with like killing one to prove himself and his son, uh, runs into them. And so there's this conflict there of like, will he do it? Will he not? Like, is it, is he going to like defy his upbringing essentially and stuff like that? And there's a lot of meta stuff where there's a lot of characters from other comic books. And I remember reading that book cause it's produced, it's uh, published by image, but there's characters from other books that are not published by Image in the book. And I'm just like, this could be a really cool TV show to have where you have like maybe like Chris Evans, Captain America show up and you have uh, Ryan Reynolds, Deadpool, and you have Ben Affleck, Batman, like all these different people in common, and even people of obscure stuff like Michael Sarah as Scott Pilgrim shows up or uh, uh, like somebody else from another comic book movie that maybe isn't like popular but it's like hey you're so it's you're that actor who played this character i think it could be a really cool show to kind of have these like crossover ideas from different comic book movies that have existed in uh the zeitgeist 
in a, in a, in one place. <laughs> that would be interesting. Like watch. Cause I do like, uh, like the gum gumball universe where I see the different designs altogether. I mm-hmm. like that a lot. Keeps me really focused and interested. So I think that would be interesting to see with the real world and the comic book world going by God. Cause comic books are also drawn so differently, even with the dotting system. Their designs can differ so much between creator, designer, and all that. Yeah, there's a whole issue in which uh, they run into the cops from a comic book called Powers, in in which Powers is about these uh, two cops who live in a world where superheroes exist, and they're two regular people who are investigating, like, super crime, essentially. Uh, But the whole book is drawn, like, that section of the book is drawn by the artist from Powers, and drawn and they're talking and then the two characters are talking to brian michael bendis and the uh, i forget the artist's name but the people who made powers the comic book and so it's so funny where he's like i made you and now you're talking to me <laughs> in, in real life like uh there's a whole thing where brian k vaughn who's a very popular comic book artist who made stuff like saga why the last man uh marvel's runaways he dies like off screen, they talk about how Brian K. Vaughn was the first one to get killed and now he's dead, <laughs> which I'm sure makes him laugh because I think he, him and Donnie Cates know each other. So he's just like, you killed me in your comic. What the fuck? <laughs> Why would you do that? I love it when friends kill each other in each other's work. In fact, that right. is a plot point where one of the characters uh, finds uh, one of their writers and they're like, I'm going to kill you because you killed me. Okay, you made my life a living hell in my book, and now I have the chance to kill you, you son of a bitch. <laughs> Actually, I think there was a, a Supernatural episode where they were, because the show got weird after, like, season, I want to say, like, it got weird. Uh, but they meet Chuck, who's like, who eventually you find out is God. But before that, he's just writing basically... Like, the Book of Job, he's writing the Book of the Winchesters, but he writes them all out into these series, and one of them is like, you wrote our lives? You put us through all that? And they're like, there's so much personal detail in this stuff. Like, you tell everything. You don't keep anything a secret. This is all so personal. Yeah. For, like, comic book writers, too. Yeah, they did. Uh, Actually, yeah, that actually, I remember now. It's Negan. Negan finds Robert Kirkman <laughs> and kills him. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that would be like, a Negan thing. Yeah, because especially because Negan's like, I don't even know who I am anymore. Because I like like because uh for those who don't know, Negan apparently when Robert Kirk- Kirkman made Negan, Negan is like Robert is supposed to be close to who Robert Kirkman uh not like who he is as a person, but like uh yeah, persona version of him. A persona version of himself, like especially with the way Negan talks in the book where he curses a lot. Apparently, that is how Robert Kirkman talks or used to talk rather. And it's supposed to be kind of like Negan is kind of like a a, like cracked mirror version of Robert Kirkman is the rumor. I don't know if that's true or not. Without Um, the head smashing in. Yeah. You know, I mean, Robert Kirkman's not a psycho that's out here killing people with a bat. But he's like, but he is like, he's like, yeah, you know, sometimes I can be a little vulgar or whatever. And so I wanted to make a character that is like all of that. You know all that part of myself into a character, 
And so Negan talks about that where he's like, I don't even know who I am. Am I you? <laughs> am I not you? Like, am I supposed to be this way or am I just this way because you wrote me this way? And it pisses me off. <laughs> and so I'm just like, it's stuff like that where I'm like, that's kind of kind of cool. Also, I feel like Donnie Cates is like, I wonder if he had a lot of fun and he like messaged them. He's like, hey, guess what? You're in my book now. It's like, and I'm sure that is a weird mess where you're like, in what regard? <laughs> I read the first issue. I heard what you did to Brian. Am I okay? Am I good? <laughs> like, what, what's happening? I think if one of our friends is that delegator book, just kill me like in a nice way. <laughs> if you could, like, I'm fine if you murder me. Just like, do it a little more spectacular than the other deaths. You gotta give me a moment. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Don't have me go out like a punk. Let me let me be heroic or something. Yeah, like give me a scene, give me some lines. Let me have a good one liner before I go. Let the (laughs) let the reader cry as 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 my death happens on the page. (laughs) I wanna be quoted (laughs) when I die. (laughs) I die. I wanna be quoted. Another right. comic series also I want to see though too, and this one is actually uh, would be a, like a limited series or something. Eight billion genies. I don't know if either of you have heard of that one. It's a story in which apparent, like uh, apparently, when the world gets too populated, specifically when it hits the number eight billion people on the planet, uh, genies, magical genies, appear to every single person, one person at a time, and uh, you get one unaltered wish completely and the genies are all these cute little like um cute little beings that float around and stuff but um the story centers around this small group of people that are at this bar in particular um and uh their reaction to everything like there's a group there's a guy there who is a grieving father he's a widower and he's there with his son because there's a also a concert going on the con- uh, the concert we get to focus on the band and their adventures uh the bartender uh, an asian family who one of them is uh it's a or asian couple and their the wife is uh pregnant and stuff. So it's like a small group of people and uh, you're dealing with their different adventures. But of course, the fun of 8 Billion Genies is also that it's the world. And uh, like the first issue is really cool because like the bartender, his first w- his his wish is for the every wish to not affect the bar like that happens outside of the bar to not affect the bar at all. Like it's, it's, it's no, the second people walk in. And the reason why is because he's, and they're like, why would that be your first and only, you only get one wish. Why would you wish that? He's like, cause the world's insane. And the whole book takes place. Each issue is like in increments of eight. So the first book is the first eight minutes. Second one's the first eight hours. Third one's the first eight days, like, and so on and so forth. And in the first eight minutes, like the population goes from like 8 billion to 6 billion because they wish like, cause it's like people making dumb wishes. Like I wish I had a dinosaur. I wish I was a superhero. I wish I could, bl- I had an explosion and you keep every issue starts with you seeing the world. And so the planet goes from being like the regular earth we know to like a planet with arms and legs and a mouth. And there's like, tons of spaceships outside because you know their wish was like i want a spaceship and they flew out of that out into the atmosphere and all this stuff and so it's a really cool i think it could be a really cool tv show or movie in which 
you get to like every episode maybe is like a different person's wish and like if it works out or if it doesn't <laughs> um um there was an episode of Fairly Odd Parents that kind of it reminded me of that with Norm Macdonald. He rests in peace. Uh, where he was a genie and he lays out, he's like, yeah, people make the same three wishes. The first one is usually something stupid, like a sandwich. You know, they just want to make sure the powers are right. Second one is usually something ridiculous. And I think he was talking to the mayor of the town and the mayor's like, I want to be mayor of the world. He's like, well, the third one's usually unwishing everything. So the third one, he's like, all right, I have about 12 minutes before everything really goes wrong. I'm going to read a book. It's, like, it's, so it's always like, Siri's listening to me. <laughs> <laughs> so it's always like, uh, yeah, in the end, the wishes didn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. They, it's a really good series. There's only eight issues, of course, because it's eight billion genies. But, um, and the fun thing too is the like the drama within the bar is really interesting. Like one in the band, uh, for example, uh, there's three members: it's two guys and one girl. And this one, uh, the guitarist, loves the singer, who's the girl. And he's like, "Hey, I would, uh, you know." He's and then on the day this happens, he's thinking of asking her out. And then she, uh, uh, and she's like, "No, I'm not. I'm not interested, or whatever." And the reason she's not interested is because she's into the other guy, the drummer. And so when the genies, uh, but the, I think she asks him out and I think he says no or something like that or, or, or something, or maybe they don't talk at all. But what happens is then the genies appear. Her first and immediate wish is that he'll love her. <laughs> anyway. Isn't that against the genie rules? You can't yeah, I, No, this is, is an unaltered, like, there's no this is, there's, there are no rules. It's just whatever you wish is what you will grant. Now, if that doesn't work out, that's on you. <laughs> and the genie. So you can like wish these... people back from like the dead. Mm-hmm. That's not cool. But if anybody ever wishes me back from the dead, I'm taking them out with me as I go down again. Well, there are <laughs> there are rules in that like the wish can't be like a counter to another wish. So if someone wishes like someone, you can't unwish somebody. You can't wish. unwish somebody to be like that they be dead. Like that's because it's like Wait, the magic so doesn't like, counteract. If somebody's like, oh, yeah, I wish for a dinosaur, you can't be like, I wish the dinosaur away because it's like attacking everything. Yes. Now you can wish to have something to kill the dinosaur. Like, I want a sword that instantly kills dinosaurs. Okay, done. And then you just just stick it (laughs) and then it just like dies or something. So it's like, then you just have a sword. But it depends on the rules because there's like, for example, that guy, he wishes for the bar to not be affected by outside or anything in the bar to not be affected by wishes, right? When she makes that wish for him to be, fall in love with her, he's in the bar currently. <laughs> so she goes in there and he's and she's like, now you love me. He's like, no, I don't. What are you talking about? And she's like, and uh, but <laughs> and the other uh, guitarist who liked her is like, yeah, she wished for you to fall in love with her using a genie. <laughs> but it didn't work because you're inside the bar. So now she just wasted her wish because she only gets the one after you, you wish it. It's gone. <laughs> But what if they step out of the bar? Does it like activate? No, that was like so. That it's was, just like so. She wasted her wish, and nothing happens in there. Yeah, but what does happen is now she has to live with the guilt of being basically trying to magically roofie this dude into loving her, and so that becomes a dramatic thing where he's like, "You tried to like magically make me your boyfriend." It's kind of messed up. <laughs> 
And so it's that's it's like stuff like that where like I'm like this could make for a really good TV show if done right. Also, the genies are adorable. Look at them. They're 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 uh, super cute, and they're all they're really sweet. That's what all the genies look like. Is this little blue guy? <laughs> and they all. Look I'm like, not sure I like that. They kind of creep me out. Well, they all take on the visage of the person who they're who they're wishes. So, like that's the guy, that's the guitarist guy, and then that's his genie who has like the same type of band T-shirt, and it's it's adorable. <laughs> they're super cute. I think they're super cute. So you know, so yeah, <laughs> eight billion genies make the show. <laughs> I'll um I'll I'll throw in my. I'll throw in my Gibson. Okay, <laughs> trying to, Gibson's just he's right. trying to get me to play. Yes, he does uh-huh. this in a while, but when I'm when I'm on the podcast, but now he's apparently very active. Uh, but kind of my final two, um, but they're both kind of in the same category in the love, the romance category. Um, <laughs> one is uh, called the dating plan. And it's been a while since I've read it, but uh, it was essentially um, this girl. Um, she works at like a, uh, she does some sort of like tech or engineering. Um, she sees this guy from high school. They're about like 10 years out of high school. Um, and uh, she, he left her. Um, at prom, he like stood her up and apparently it's been haunting her this whole time and it's been eating away at her. And so when she sees him again, um, she just like completely is like, why did you do this to me? And blah, blah, blah. Um, long story short, they end up fake dating, uh, her family. Um, she comes from like an Indian background, um, and, her aunties want her to really get married and stuff. So they like fake that they're going to get married. Um, I don't really remember what happens uh, in, in the middle of the plot, but it's one of those fake dating stories. So how can you go wrong? Um, and yeah. And, and then you, you, you see their relationship kind of form and develop and go through uh, ups and downs. And then the other one is a little bit saucier. Uh, it's called Vladimir. It was one of the book of the month recommendations. And that we talked about the, this movie. Didn't we, we did. We did. We did that. <laughs> you never uh, showed me your crocheted or knit tie. You said you had a tie that was knitted. Oh, I do. Yeah. I do. I'm gonna need I to have, see that after this word. Don't tell okay. me you have more than one. I don't believe anybody has one. No. <laughs> I don't even believe you have no. one. I have one, and then uh, my Stranger Things costume, uh, it, it had a knitted tie that was almost exactly like the one I have, but just different colors. Why knit a tie? <laughs> like, I can understand. Go, go. I will be stuck on this. Go continue on with your recommendation. I'm sorry. Anyway, yeah, Vladimir. Uh, it's not because it was like the most like riveting book or it was like my favorite book. I think it could just be interesting. One of those like steamy either TV shows or books. It's basically about 
this teacher, I think she's in her like 50s, right? Yeah. Or not teacher, she's a professor at a college. Uh, she basically like has an affair with her student and he's like in his 30s, I want to say. He's like a TA so, actually. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. He's age uh, appropriate. Yes, he's age appropriate. It's not. <laughs> well, that's good. <laughs> yeah. That's what I like. He's uh, age appropriate. Right. But they have an affair. Hmm. And I remember the book was written really interestingly. I think it was interesting. The only thing that upset me was the ending. And not because of how it ended. But so she was. Well, spoilers, I suppose. But, you know, that needs to be talked about. How she wrote. She was writing a book at the time. And there was a fire and she lost the only manuscript of it. But it's also like this was written around 2022, 2023. There's Google Docs. There are, you know, external storages. There's keys. There is iCloud. There's Microsoft iCloud. There's Apple iCloud. You could just keep it as a document in your phone for editing later. There are so many, so many other locations to keep this protected. And you had like one version of it on a laptop somewhere. I don't believe it. I don't believe it. There's certain stories where it's like people have to remember. It's like you got to take into account modern technology or else the story falls apart. Like it's why like horror, certain horror movies, like, like, especially if they take place in modern day, they forget. Don't you have a cell phone? Can't you just call for help right now? Like, (laughs) why are you, why are you just like, like, no, I can't call right now. I'm too scared. You can just dial 911 without the sound on. And <laughs> you don't, you can you don't text need to talk on the phone. You can actually text 911. Right, I don't think a lot like, of people know that. You can text 911 now. But also it was that whole like, if you're using, I know for a fact, if you're using anything but an Apple computer, such as like a Dell or, you know, even this computer I have, which is an Acer, you have Microsoft OneDrive most likely. Because that is commonly used on anything that is not Apple. Apple has true. the iCloud. That means it's somewhere in a cloud whether you like it or not. Right. That was the only thing that bothered me with that book. Well, there is a mother keyboard. <laughs> the knitted tie. Was- but that's not important. <laughs> it's more personal. Um, I see. Well, I, I do have one more book, and I think probably we're nearing the end of our time. Yeah, I don't have any more, so that's like, you go ahead and finish yeah. this out, Alex. Ah, The Invisible Life of Addie... Lord? Lord? Addie... Was it Lori? Addie LaRue. 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 Addie LaRue. I was called Lori. It's an interesting book because this woman lives her life as nobody remembers her. She's kind of immortal. Nobody remembers her at all. The moment you leave, the moment she leaves her eyesight, you forget all about her. And in the first chapter, it's so funny because she's like, oh, I need to change the clothes. She goes into a dressing room changes her clothes, opens it, and then as immediately she comes out, the store clerk's like, can I help you find something? She's like, no, I'm good, and just, like, leaves the store. Because they don't remember her going into the clothes, into the dressing room with clothes. And it's actually about somebody who finally does remember her. I won't give too much detail, but it's a very well-written book. I didn't know this author. She's got a few more books out that I've been wanting to read, but it's just... An interesting thought to live your life 
as nobody remembers you, so you can't have any close relationships. You kind of don't have to have any consequences to your actions, though, because nobody remembers you. But it's also that disattachment to attachment to life. I think this would be really interesting to see as more of a movie than a TV show, because there's only so much so far you can kind of go with that premise premise before it'll like dry out, like we had mentioned earlier with the TV show. I think having it as a movie would be really cool. They could probably even pull out a sequel with it. Uh, I don't want to give too much away because I also think it's a really great read. It's well, well written. The author is pretty cool. And that is, you know, one of my recommendations for it should be a movie. And then also you guys should read it. Just go ahead and take a look at it. Take a look it up. Good Lord. I think it is ending our time. It's <laughs> Well, it sounds like an interesting concept. Uh, and I know Book of the Month, you got that from Book of the Month, right? Yes, I did. It was one of, there we go. It was one of, if not book of the year for one of the past recent, one of the recent years. Um, it was at least one of the finalists. Um, if it didn't win, it was one of the finalists for book of the year. So a lot of people enjoyed it. And I know I'm pretty sure it was big on book talk too. Yeah. So book talk's a good place to also get book recommendations and see, although there's been a lot of drama on there, so I've been staying away from book talk for a little bit. It's like, I just want recommendations. Although I love the drama. Sometimes I'm just like, I just, I want to, I want a suggestion of what to read next. I don't know what's going on here, <laughs> but like, could you oh. just recommend me something? <laughs> there is, sorry, one, one final one, but it's a quick one. Uh, it's called, I can't remember the name of the book, but I'll, I'll let you guys know afterwards. Um, <laughs> it's a very, uh, it's, a, I can't, I wish I, I wish I remember the name of the book, but it's only, it's super quick. It's only about like just over a hundred pages, but it's a, it's a collection of, um, I want to say like 10 or so different stories and they take place in different locations but it starts in one location. You follow one character or multiple characters in one location, and then they travel to another location. Um, and each chapter starts in that next location that they end in, but with a different person or set of people. Um, but there is at least there, there's always one person who carries over to the next story, if that makes sense. Reminds me of Southbound, so, if you ever seen that movie um mm, it's a horror yeah. movie that is has kind of the similar thing where like the story follow, flows into a di- couple different locations and uh once you get, you get to one location you follow another character to a different location um from yeah. the previous one um which is interesting yeah so i'd like to see a movie based on that and i will find the name of the book i can see the book on my bookshelf i just can't read the title We'll put it in there later. But all right. Uh, well, that was our books that should be very chill discussion about literary works that you should be reading, or uh, at the very least, be uh, intrigued by <laughs> to check out. Yes. Uh, comment below. Uh, let us. N- oh no, no! Go ahead, Jonathan. You- go ahead. Okay. Oh. <laughs> so comment below. Tell us what books. <laughs> 
<laughs> our literary things. You know, it doesn't necessarily have to be novels, you know, comic books, um, audio books, whatever, um, that you think would make a decent TV show or a movie. And uh, tell us what you think. Or if you liked our recommendations, you know, are you interested now to read some of the books we mentioned or anything like that? Um, we'd love to hear from you. But uh, in the meantime, if you want to hear from us, uh, socials and where you can find us, we'll start with Jonathan. Where can people find you? You can find me at Jonathan Keys on Twitter, Instagram, wherever you please. You can also follow us at The First Ones to Die on all of these social platforms. You can email us, thefirstonestodie at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your feedback, your input, any questions. And if you're watching us on YouTube, go ahead and give us a like and subscribe. If you're listening to us on audio, a podcast platform, go ahead and give us five stars and be rated. We appreciate it. Alex, where can people find you? You can find me at Alex and Nobody on Instagram and on TikTok, as well as the podcast TikTok, The First Ones to Die, where I post little clips of the episodes we are doing, as well as episodes we may be doing, past episodes, and just random things throughout the day. What about you, Jerome? Well, you can find me at Not Jerome Rhett on Instagram, as well as uh, you can find uh, all of us on the first ones to die at all the social medias for sure but also please do check out if you can the youtube channel and all of the fun stuff we got over there we've got uh extra content that you can't catch on any of the iStream platforms so stuff like uh video game content vlogs book reviews mini reviews uh and of course film versions of all of the podcasts that we've done so far and of course upcoming ones so go on over to the youtube channel at the first ones to die to subscribe there and also be on the lookout on our twitch channel when we get that started back up again at the first ones to die plays so you can see more stuff that we're doing over there nice (laughs) and we will see you all next week for something or something. It's a surprise. <laughs> See what's coming. Yes. <laughs> we'll we'll figure it. Well, we know. We know. Which is a surprise for you all. That's right. <laughs> yep. Uh bye everyone. But yeah, well, well hold on. We gotta do we gotta oh. do it right. You know, help you have a good morning, good evening, oh. good night, good afternoon. My lights out. Uh, <laughs> 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 like whenever you're listening to this, and we will see you for the next one. Bye. And also treat your book spines with respect. Do not crack them. <laughs> like I keep saying. All right. Slow last minute in there. All right. Now, Bob. Bye. Nice bye. word to end on. All right. <laughs> bye.